The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, we're coming down to it, ladies and gentlemen, under two weeks to the Kentucky Derby and the Kentucky Oaks for the ladies. And uh, these are exciting times. I will be down next week on the backstretch, hopefully get some fresh stories for you. And I'll see what kind of guests I can wrangle up, though. Everybody gets a little bit busy on uh, Thursdays. There's usually press parties and deadlines and things like that. But there'll be plenty of uh, expert people that perhaps are not in Louisville uh, that I can reach out to, some of my friends at the Daily Racing Forum. But until we get to next week, we've got this week, and I've still got two Kentucky Derby handicappers, both from different uh, sides of the sport. Uh, my friend Rich Ruda, uh, you watched him for years up in the Cleveland area. He's the on-air handicapper uh, for Thistledown. He'll be opening up their doors, I believe, on Monday. And uh, Rich, of course, uh, does uh, wager on the speed of a steed every now and then. And uh, so uh, he's been watching all the prep races, and he'll have his opinion about who he likes in, in the big race for sure. And then uh, following him... Uh, the Bloodlines writer from the Daily Racing Forum, a young man I knew when he was a uh, intern with the now-defunct Thoroughbred Times, none other than Joe Nevels. This kid cut his teeth. He worked hard. He worked with some of the best, you know, uh, Bill Mooney and Tom Law, people like that. Uh, very dedicated. He had set his mind at an early age that uh, writing about horses was something he was going to do, and he has done it. But he's kind of uh, moved uh, over to the pedigree side. So we're going to discuss bloodlines with Joe and also uh, an interesting podcast he has out now. Joe is also a, a big fan of Arabian racing, and he's been covering that for uh, several years. I think I'm going to say the Arabian Horse Council, somebody along those lines. Uh, I'll be asking Joe about that, but uh, you they do uh, run for some money now, but it'll be interesting to see what he, he can enlighten us about that breed. But then basically we're going to hone in on the pedigrees of the uh, the top derby horses. And quite frankly, uh, m most of them look like they've got uh, pretty solid uh, bloodlines that should get them going a mile and a quarter. So uh, uh, Joe... Nevels will clear us up on that. I want to do remind you, though, that uh, Quip is out of the Derby. He's going to point to the prickness, and I'll tell you a little bit more about Gronk in a minute. Now, with these big races and these big pools, don't forget tomorrow, closing day at Keeneland. Keep an eye on the pools, and we've got a grade three race. I'll be rooting for Kenny McPeak and Daddy's Little Darling. Um, that is the... Uh, the Witch, and it's the final graded stakes race of the Keeneland meet, so I will miss that. Usually a couple derby horses will hang around. It'll be interesting to see uh, where Mendelssohn ships in. I think he's going straight to Churchill Downs when he gets here. I think he gets here on Monday. But uh, So with the big pools, you can make big bets, and there's a lot of opportunities to make money, but there's also so much racing going on, you need some help. And to get that help, go to winningponies.com. 
Pull down the easy win forms and get it in the name, easy. They're really easy to read, uh, but uh, there's great algorithms and analyticals that go into it, and we do pull down some numbers. Uh, just yesterday at Tampa Bay Downs, we had a 50-cent Super 5 that paid 2000 $244. And our best pick of the week was yesterday at Keeneland, a $1 Super 5. We keyed this one and came up with a $10,662 purse. That'll pay for a whole lot of easy win forms and, heck, probably fly you to Churchill Downs and get you in for the Derby and the Oaks next week. So the easy win forms, that's where you want to go. Go to Winnie Ponies. Just check them out because they're really easy to read, and we come up with big winners, and they don't cost very much at all. Well, again, Gronk is not going to make the Derby. Uh, it was an ill-timed illness that knocked him out, but nothing that's going to set him back. It's just going to set back his training a little bit. Uh, you know, he finished atop the European Road to the Kentucky Derby standings, so he's going to start going back into training next week, uh, but he's going to prep for the mile-and-a-half Belmont stakes. So he's going to be one of those horses that comes in relaxed and rested, though he is taking the European route. Uh, but uh, the bottom line is he just had a minor infection that, that uh, prohibited him from traveling from England to Kentucky. Uh, he's responding well to the antibiotics taken, and he's supposed to get back on track early next week. Well, as you know, uh, the Phoenix team that owns Gronkowski has a new co-owner, New England's Patriots All-Pro tight end, two-time Super Bowl champion, Rob Gronkowski, and he expects the horse, of course, to make a big impact on American racing. Now, they are saying long-term plans. In addition to the Belmont, they're looking down the road at the Breeders' Cup Classic. Again, Breeders' Cup races are going to be held at Churchill Downs this year, so Gronk just out on the sidelines for a little bit. He'll be back in the game, hopefully, for the Belmont Stakes. All right, we had an interesting discussion uh, through the NTRA. Uh, they put together these conference calls and turf writers and uh, get to uh, call in and ask questions to the, uh, the trainers, and they really landed a great trifecta today. Uh, Bob Baffert, Chad Brown, and Todd Pletcher. Uh, you think about those guys. Together they own past five Eclipse Awards for Outstanding Trainer, and they're all really positive and looking forward to the weeks ahead from the sound of their voice. Of course, uh, Pletcher's going to be loaded, uh, four in the race right now, uh, Magna Moon, Audible, Vino Rosso, and Noble Indy, and then uh, Chad Brown had uh, last year's two-year-old champion, Good Magic. He won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile last year and then came back, didn't win his first race back, but then scored strong race in the Toyota Bluegrass. And uh, he says the horse has just been thriving since that uh, effort. Now, Baffert has two. You probably don't know as much about uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile runner-up Solomini, but the big horse, and the horse is predicted to be the Kentucky Derby favorite, is Justify, who now is undefeated through three races, his last a three-length score in the Santa Anita Derby. Everybody's trying to pick holes in it, saying, well, he made his own pace, and it wasn't that fast. Well, it's the way he did it, folks. Go back and look at the race. This Justify is the real deal. I really think Baffert's sitting on a bolt of lightning right there. But 20 horses, a new track, new surroundings, anything can happen uh, in the Derby. Uh, 
as I spoke to an, an interesting group uh, from uh, northern Kentucky today, and a lot of them said they were going to be tuning in. So a shout-out to you listening to Winning Ponies. Uh, they were from uh, you know Ireland, uh, Mexico City, all over the country, uh, brought together talking about uh, how well things are going uh, in Kentucky as a whole. And uh, it was made for a lively discussion, but they were excited about the, the, the Derby and being in Kentucky at this time of year. So, uh, but the one thing I told them is, you know, 20 horses, you know, everybody's like, who do you like? I said, well, I'll tell you the, who I like now, but I'm not going to tell you who I'm going to bet on because that doesn't happen until after they draw post. As you know, that number one hole has killed many a good horse uh, down at Churchill Downs. Now, um, Pletcher did chime in on all four four of his starters and uh he's going to go for a second straight uh, derby win and uh he uh on magna moon he said uh, that it's been a tremendous development for him to go from a six furlong maiden january 13th to now being four for four and winning the arkansas derby don't forget that he and Justify are both going to go against the curse of Apollo, since no horse since 1882 has won the race without starting as a two-year-old. But man, I can see why he didn't start it too. He is humongous. Uh, on Audible, he said he loved the way he attended the pace and went in the Holy Bull, uh, dropped well off a fast pace in the Florida Derby, and it shows his versatility. He loved the way he finished in those two races. And then, of course, on the East Coast, it was Vino Rosso, a son of the ever-growing top sire Curlin, uh, turned things around after he didn't win a pair of graded stakes at Tampa. So basically he's saying it just kind of thought maybe it was the Tampa surface he wasn't handling, came back, trained well, and got the job done in the Wood Memorial. So he thinks we saw the real horse that day. And then, of course, he's got uh, a Noble Indy, and late news just came out that Jockley Florent Giroux is going to be aboard for a workout at Churchill Downs. Um, tomorrow, so uh, he maybe he will be taking up uh, the uh, the ride for the Kentucky Derby. So um, what you've got to remember is now these are all horses that are coming into the Derby off wins, and let's think about the last few Kentucky Derbies. Always dreaming. He's also on the grounds of Churchill. Came out of the Florida Derby a winner. Nyquist came out of the Florida Derby a winner. American Pharaoh came out of the Arkansas Derby a winner. California Chrome. The Santa Anita Derby, Orb, the Florida Derby, I'll Have Another, the Santa Anita Derby, Animal Kingdom, the Spiral Stakes. So uh, coming into the Derby off a win from 2011 to 2017 has been a trump card. Okay, last year, I last week I lost my notes when the computer crashed, but I do want to give a shout out to uh, uh, this year's uh, Jockey of the Week. It was Irad Ortiz a junior uh, leading rider by wins last week, won more stakes race than any other North American jockey, and his second straight riding title for the spring meet at Aqueduct. The Ortiz brothers are just setting the world on fire. Now, there's also a uh, jockey award that you could vote on, and that's the Mike Venezia Memorial Award. Uh, it, it, this year is going to be Javier Castellano, Joe Bravo, Irad Ortiz Jr., Jose Ortiz, and Manny Franco. Now, this goes back to 1989. And it's given to jockeys uh, who display the extraordinary sportsmanship and citizenship that define Venezia, who, sad to say, died of results of injuries he suffered 
back in 1988, uh, originally from Brooklyn. But you can go on and vote for one of those jockeys I just named at nyra.com slash venezia. So this one is open to the public for your input and your voting. Also, if you want your input to be a horse owner, there's another racing club that's being opened up at Churchill Downs. They're accepting up to 200 people to join the newest racing club. It's going to be a uh, two-year-old right now it's not raised tom amos is going to be training he's very approachable trainer great guy we've had him on the show before so the churchill downs racing club open for business and uh, you can find out more about how to get in there uh gary palmasano who's been on the show uh has taken care of some of the other clubs and has done a great job of course uh, warriors weekend uh ended up making a whole lot of money so go to uh, churchilldowns.com slash racing club if you want to get in on some horse ownership uh so uh let's uh, let's remember the horse i really didn't mention much mendelson will be coming up he's been moving up in the ntra three-year-old pole he's supposed to be coming in next week last out a winner by 18 and a half links in the ua derby uh so but the ntra thoroughbred pole top five justify magnum audible Mendelssohn and Good Magic. I think we mentioned them all earlier. The one we didn't was the horse that a lot of people thought would be the two-year-old champion, and that was Bolt Dioro. He came in in sixth. So, uh, you know, it's it's getting close, but those seem to be the horses that are rising to the top. And uh, I want to thank you once again for joining us here on Winning Ponies. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to the man with a plan up north of the state, my man, Rich Ruda. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. 
Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, a man that comes on several times a year. I know I always have him on Ohio Derby Week, and this year, uh, whether he knows it or not, I'm going to have him on in the fall because the best of Ohio, Ohio's uh, $750,000 Stakes Day, it's a race series that uh, rotates around the state, uh, is going to be held at Thistledown. In beautiful North Randall, Ohio, Rich Ruta, how you doing? Hey, buddy, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You're right. I can't. You know what? Summer took so long to get here in Cleveland. It really hasn't got here yet. But I'm looking forward to October 13th when the best of Ohio comes back to town. That's a fun day. That's a great series. I, I it's been a boom to Ohio racing. Everything, breeding, owners, trainers. It's been fun. And like I, that's our. I'm I'm glad you said that, John, because October 13th is circled on my calendar. It's at Thistledown this year, and like you said, it moves around the Belterra, Mahoning Valley, and Thistledown get it and host it and have fun with it. I'm looking forward to it. Thistledown's my track, and we got it this year, and we're going to make it proud. Yeah, I think it's good for the fans, too, Rich. You know, I mean, obviously, anyone can hop in a car and drive to any of those three tracks. But, you know, people like to gravitate towards their home track, and they kind of like it when the big show comes to them. I know you guys put on a great Ohio Derby last year. Uh, it's uh, it's just a shame that I rap, uh, you know, uh, had a problem that saw him end up, uh, you know, passing away because he, he was going to be some kind of horse. And I'll tell you what, you know, the Ohio Derby, it's had his ups, it's had his downs, it's moved around, it disappeared, it lost its grading, it got its grading back. But uh, that ended up being a pretty decent field last year. A pretty decent field and a pretty good horse race. Uh, you know, uh, it, it couldn't have been any better. The, the photo finish to find out who won the race was absolutely great. And I was lucky enough to... Uh, talked to mike smith after the race and he was telling me he said you know i knew i didn't win he said but geez he said i thought i i thought i had a big chance and you know i rep goes out and 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 does good things after and then gets hurt and and that hurts i mean that hurts us because you know how you get your grading in these grade ones grades twos grade threes but the ohio derby was fantastic you know it goes june 23rd this year and we're giving away half a million dollars for it it's a grade three again we got graded again we're going to get a nice field you know john we'll talk about it later i'm sure the the kentucky derby coming up in about 10 days and you know we're going to get some out of the kentucky derby because there's oh. 20 going to gate in there the three-year-olds are plentiful they'll go other places after the kentucky derby and that's what we're looking for to grab a couple of those that defect from the triple crown trail we got them last year they were terrific we're going to try to do the same this year we got a good date for it june 23rd the belmont will be gone out of the way it's going to be fun it's going to be you know what it's big for us it's big to have it it's big for ohio you know i mean all the things that go on in ohio and sports and we've got the cavaliers here we got the indians we've got the browns on draft night tonight but the ohio derby comes to Ohio, comes to Cleveland, and we're so proud of it, and we're so happy to host it, and 
Looking forward to another great one, and, and I'm sure we will. Our, you know, our racing secretary, Pat Ellsworth, already confided in me that he's going to watch the Derby, and he'll be on the phone on Sunday after the Derby. And we're, we're not going to get the Derby winner. We're not going to get the second-place horse out of Derby. But it don't matter because, John, we're going to talk about it later. Who's the Derby winner this year? you got 15 yeah. horses I can make a case for, and 20 will go to the gate. You know, so it's going to be fun. No, yeah, we, we, we've been doing this a while, and I've got to admit, and I'm not just saying, you know, I got a memory loss from the years gone by. I really do believe that this is the deepest derby field. I mean, two horses that, that, that finished 1-2 as the Eclipse Award winners last year, uh, Good yeah. Magic and Voltioro, aren't really in right. the conversation with a lot of people because there's so many horses that have blossomed since then. But those horses have since come back and won their last race. And I don't know if you were listening to the top of the show, but I pointed out that since 2011, every Derby winner won his last start. And you got to know that that last start was a grade one race. So uh, we've got one heck of a group that's going to be going to post. Now, before we get there, I, I had a gentleman on a couple weeks ago. Uh, he's he's going to be a new old face in town for the Thistledown fans. And that's none other than Gary John. And he started out with three horses about a year ago, and he's up to 50 going on to 60. This guy's going to be a force to be reckoned with, although, uh, you know, uh, Jake uh, uh, Radosevich is, you know, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff. Yeah. There's so many Radosevichs around here, it's like Smith, but, right. um, you know, he, between the two of them, they're going to make for an interesting meetup there for you, Rich. Yeah. I agree. Nabu Morales, Gary Johnson, and Jeff Radosevich will probably finish one, two, three in the standings, but you're going to have to box them to figure out how they finish. <laughs> you know, I'm going to give Gary some kudos. He left horse racing maybe 10, 12 years ago and went on to being a professional handicapper and did extremely well in all these contests all around the country. Yep. His group, the McIntyres and him, became really well-known for winning these contests, for doing well in them. And Gary told me about a year and a half ago, we were at I was at Tampa Bay. Gary was down there scouting for horses, came over, and he says, Rich, I'm getting out of the handicap, and I'm coming back into training. That's what I love. That's my love. That's what I love to do. And I looked at him, and I said, Gary, you're making a great living doing what you're doing. You're handicapping. You're, you're doing well. You're, you're getting a name out there for yourself. He said, I don't care. This is what I want to do. And I said to him, I said, man, I don't know if it's going to be as easy as you think. He had a ultra successful season at Mahoning Valley this year. And if you're looking at a horse to run in the Cleveland, um, Belterra, Mahoning Valley area, and you put a price tag on his head, you better put the rice price tag. Because if you don't, Gary's going to take him and put him in his barn. He's doing. He's doing super. Super oh, he guy. Took, he took one from a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago down at Keeneland for thirty thousand. And that my buddy's, 
my buddy's yep in Ohio, Brad. My buddy's kicking himself in the butt. I talked to Gary, and he goes, "Oh, that wasn't a bad buy at all." He says, "Next time you see this horse, he'll be in a stakes race." But I digress. Yeah. Rich Truda, you know, uh, I'm bringing you in as 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 much as I love to talk about. Uh, you, you finally got your feet off the desk, and you're going to have to go back to work up there for the meet. Let's talk about some of these Derby horses. I mean, who who, who kind of gets your juices flowing? Because we just mentioned a whole lot of them, and I probably left somebody off the table you know john we're we're like i said we're 10 days out and i've the, the talk about the derby is so good right now so prevalent because if you have one of the first 15 in it you can make a solid case for that horse that three-year-old one of the things that really interests me is they will draw for the derby i believe next wednesday yeah and as you know, John, there's kiss of debts for drawing in the Derby. You could draw a post and pretty much say, oh, my gosh, I'm yep. done. You know, it's so prevalent in the Derby that the draw is so freaking important. You know, you know, one of the things that's got me interested, and I do the reading just like everybody else, and I follow the stories. Pletcher's, had, Pletcher's got three in there. Some really, I mean, he's got really, really nice horses in there. Magnum Moon for one, Audible for another. And then he's got Vino Rosso. And I was down at Tampa Bay for the Tampa Bay Derby when Vino Rosso rode, ran down there. The horse that Pletcher's talking the most about now is Vino Rosso. And I'm trying to put, he said he's working terrific, he's looking terrific. He didn't run all that well at Tampa Bay. I'll tell you right now, John, he didn't run all that well. But Pletcher's so talking so much about this horse, and who's riding him? His go-to guy, Velasquez, right? I've been That's, a Magna Moon fan. I've been a yeah. Magna Moon fan, Magna Moon fan for a year, for one solid year. Done nothing wrong. When he started the season, he's got the Apollo thing against him. You know, since the year started, I've been on, I've been on him. I've been watching him. Now, John, tell me, he likes the front end. He's got some speed. How do you get the front end in this race? How, who gets to the front? I think post position has so much to do with it. Hoffberg, Billy Mott, big fan, big, big fan of this guy. Big, big fan of this horse. He ran second in the Florida Derby. I thought he ran a great second. You know, the Florida Derby, what happened in that race, John? What, what in God's creation was promise fulfilled? And strike power doing. What were they doing? I mean, when the gate opened, is this a quarter horse? I mean, are these quarter horses? I, I, I couldn't believe what they were doing. I said, what the heck? And you know what? Audible ran terrific in there. But he got help. He got help up front. What's going to happen in the derby? That's the big question. What's the pace going to be? Where are you going to be sitting? What post position means a lot. There are kisses deaths for post position in the derby. It's going to be fun. Well, I, again, you know, uh, you know, Vino Rosso, you know, it's uh, it, it just looks like he's start he's starting to really peak. And I will say, I uh, heard an interview with Pletcher today, and he said he just didn't think he took to the surface at Tampa, and he certainly yeah. showed that form reversal uh, when he got into the the uh, the, the Wood Memorial. So. Uh, you know, but I also think that the the fact that you're telling me that Johnny V is going with him, you know, that is huge because, as you know, he That's could probably huge, have his right? choice. Uh, pardon? Right. I agree. 
I agree. And this is the connections that one would always dream in last year. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, these are the connections that won the Derby last year. You know, so it's, it's an absolutely magnificent, magnificent Kentucky Derby. I'm a Magnum Moon fan. I'm not going to switch now. But, boy, I don't want to draw inside. I don't want to draw anywhere inside with this horse. But you know what? We'll know next Wednesday. That's what's yes. going to happen. You know, they'll, t- they'll tell us next Wednesday. And like I said, and, boy, it, it just, it's the best derby. You know, we talk. I mean, everybody, every derby seems like it comes up really good. This one came up really, really, really thin. Oh, Dioro's a, a great three-year-old. Great three-year-old. You yes. know, they're, they're Bafford, you know, Bafford's crew is justify is wonderful. Oro wasn't too far behind and didn't have much his way in that race. I mean, speed was good that day. You know, just the, they make the lead. They keep going. It's, like I said, boy, it's going to be great. And with the weather around here, you know, in the Northeast, it's just, who knows what's going to happen on Derby Day. It's going to be fun. we got to look at that, too. So, you know, we got a lot to talk about for the next 10 days, buddy. <laughs> Absolutely, we do. Well, we've been uh, lucky enough to talk with Rich Ruda. Uh, you'll be able to see him on air uh, when, when when Thistledown goes and gets back to running. I believe uh, April thirtieth is your opening day, and uh, you is. do you do run on uh, off days, which is great for your you know you're out of you're out of state handle. And yeah. as we speak, Rich, and I'll leave you with this. I just got a text from your friend Ron Paolucci that says. Overanalyze Ohio bread today at Ocala Breeder Sale. My guess is I know who the new owner is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be wearing that lime green. Hey, John, you know what? Before we go, and one personal thought for me to you, I know we're good buddies with this guy. Teddy Myers will be back in the booth at Baltera. I wish him the best. I know he's gone through a lot. I talked to him the other day. Eddie's, a, Eddie's our kind of guy, and, and good luck to Eddie in this year at Baltera Park. Well, Eddie's the guy that handed me the baton on this show. He used to host this show, and he still is on the Winning Ponies uh, website all the time. Uh, he does a lot of writing for him, but he's going to have his work cut out for him. Uh, <laughs> Rich, did you see how full the fields are down there? Oh, they got great fields, great overflowing <laughs> fields. Overflowing. So good luck. That's tomorrow. He told me he talked to you the other day. He was very happy to hear from you. So, Rich Ruda, you're a good man. I will see you, Ohio Derby. I will see you the best of Ohio, and I'll talk to you previous to both of those racing events, okay? Thanks, John. Good luck with what you're doing. All right. Thanks a lot, Rich Ruda. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we come back. We're going to be with the pedigree prince, Joe Nevels from the Daily Racing Forum. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. 
Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me now... Uh, we are amongst royalty, the prince of pedigrees from the Daily Racing <laughs> Forum, Joe Nevels. Joe, how are you, my friend? It's just got a ring to it. I just, I might have to put that on my business cards. You got it. You got it. I'll, I'll claim no <laughs> copyright on it. There will be no lawsuit. Well, you know, uh, last year about this time, I did a book review on Bill Doolittle's uh, book, uh, The Kentucky Derby. Have you seen that? by any chance i it's feel like big, i've heard about it i haven't actually read it yet no it's it's really nice it's a big coffee table book and it's got you know those little squigglies you know i'm showing my uh my uh lack of uh, computer knowledge but you hold your phone up to it you can hear like the call of whirl away's kentucky derby you know and things oh, nice. like that but anyhow did you know that you and i are on the cover of that book go on yeah yeah, I didn't notice it until last night. I'm looking down. I was doing some work for a, a speech I had to give today, and uh, and I look, and it's American Pharaoh winning the Derby. And if you look down at the crowd, there are you and me, and I believe a writer from the Pollock Report squatting down, watching the race as American Pharaoh goes by to the winning uh, wire. Oh, I gotta find this now. Yeah. Oh, well, look I'll, at that. Yeah, I believe that that writer for that writer for the Pollock Report would probably be my wife, Natalie. Oh, that's her name, Natalie Voss. Yes, <laughs> Natalie Voss. Yeah. He said <laughs> as he played so stupid. Uh, <laughs> real easy for me. I don't have to play that part. <laughs> but uh, Joe, something I found out this week. I mean, I know that you've been involved. Uh, I don't know if it was the Arabian Horse Council or what the name of the official group was, but I know that you've showed an interest in Arabian horses for years, and now you're actually doing a podcast about Arabians. Uh, enlighten me and our audience, please. Yeah, that's uh, uh, my editor, Stephanie Ruff, and I. Uh, Stephanie Ruff, is, uh, we've, we've written for uh, Arabian Finish Line, which is the foremost publication on Arabian racing in North America, if not the world. We've been working together for years, and starting at the beginning of the year, we uh, founded a podcast, Arabian Racing Radio, where we talk about all the you know, topics of the day in Arabian racing, both domestic and abroad. Uh, we bring out a lot of really cool guests. We go over the races that, are, that have happened over the past two weeks at uh, a biweekly uh, series, and yeah, so far it's been a lot of fun. It's been a learning experience. I've never hosted a show before, so it's 
definitely been something that I've been learning on the job, but it's been a lot of fun. We've talked to a lot of cool people. Um, actually, this morning we recorded our most recent episode and talked to an old friend of yours and mine, Pete Aiello. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's uh, he's all <laughs> that and mules. Talk to mm-hmm. him about mules. I never saw yep. a guy win more money betting on mules in my life. It's unbelievable. <laughs> all the mules get mentioned for sure. Sarah Nelson has brought up a few times. Uh, well, so, uh, Joe, from what you've learned so far, we realize that the thoroughbred breed goes back to the Darley Arabian and the other three <laughs> stallions. Uh, what have you learned as far as likes and differences in the Arabian breed and the thoroughbred breed? Well, on the basic level, it's basically the same thing. They all load in the gates the same. They run around the track the same. They run on the same cards. You know, they all have four legs and go nay. The only really big differences are that the Arabians are a little bit smaller and a little bit slower. And people give them a lot of guff for that. But, you know, it's just it's a different way of enjoying the product. You know, not everything has to be the same kind of thing. You know, quarter horses are exciting because they offer something different. And Arabians are exciting because they offer something different. They're a very, you know, photogenic type of horse. They run often with their tails held quite high. They have a really cool running motion. And it's just, you know, it's the same. It's just a little tweak to the side. Well, now, uh, you know, correct me if you think I'm wrong, but, you know, everybody says, well, what's the fastest land animal? Everybody goes, oh, it's a cougar. Well, it, it is a cougar for about 100 yards. Mm-hmm. Then, they say, then they say the fastest land animal for a quarter mile is a quarter horse. And then they say the fastest land animal at a mile is a thoroughbred horse. And then they say that the fastest land animal at two miles and beyond is an Arabian. Can you give credence to that? Well, I'd have to go into my big book of animals to give absolute, you know, yes or no to that. But, you know, they're definitely known for their endurance. A lot of Arabian racehorses eventually go on to endurance racing careers going 25 to 50 miles. Um, and a lot of them have become very successful. And it's one of the biggest sort of off-track Arabian pathways is going into endurance riding. But for uh, the, the purposes of paramutual racing, the Arabians run at the exact same distances as thoroughbreds. They'll run as short as four furlongs. And really? To, you know, yeah. That's back in Mount Pleasant Meadows, they'd have four furlong Arabian races. And wow. Yeah. That's, uh, they had some at Sam Houston over the last couple of weeks that went, you know, five, six furlongs. And they'll go the normal distances up to, you know, mile, mile, quarter, mile, a half, what have you. The same stuff as the thoroughbreds. So, and yeah, it's. You know, it'll be like race one on a card. It'll be race five on a card. Anything else? If you didn't, if you didn't know enough about horses to be able to tell difference between the breeds, they'd look the same. Uh, one last question on the Arabian front, and then we'll move towards our thoroughbreds and some of the Derby horses. Is um, are they bred on the Southern Hemisphere calendar, or are they bred in North America? Um, well, a lot of them are. I mean, they're. Bred on the same schedule as thoroughbreds, essentially. The only major difference is that they allow the same things as quarter horses, like artificial insemination and uh, embryo transfer, things of that nature. So, um, for example, So Big is Better, a horse who won the uh, big Arabian race on the Breeders' Cup card a few years ago at Santa Anita. Uh Um, He was named uh, Darley Award Horse of the Year a few years back. He stands in Morocco now, but he's still advertised in the U.S. as a stallion because, you know, you can have the stuff you need to make holes with him shipped over and put into your mare without live cover. And, you know, that's the way it is. So a lot of Arabian stallions um, stand in 
France, stand in Europe, stand in, uh, you know, in Af- the Middle East, Africa, and a lot of them do stand in the U.S. as well. So it's, uh, you know, it's the same as basically everything else. Wherever you're standing, that's the season you're in. All right. Now, let's move on to pedigrees and the thoroughbreds. And the conversation always peaks right about this time every year as far as horses being bred to get the distance. As you know, this will probably for most outside of horses that are running the Belmont be the last time they'll run at a mile and a quarter until the Traverse stakes and then perhaps never again in their life. Um, mm-hmm. Now, as I was a young man, uh, as you once were when I first met you, um, I was in the school of Leon Rasmussen and Dr. Stephen Roman and the whole dosage index. Has that all been thrown to the side? Because I don't see that part of the pedigree conversation anymore. You know, I feel like there's always one story written by someone, you know, decrying what happened to the dosage index and... Uh, it won't be me because frankly, I don't really know that much about it. Uh, you know, the numbers that I've been using that have had pretty good success at finding, uh, you know, longer price horses that, you know, are able to fill out the bottom of an exact or maybe even win the thing is average winning distance, uh, in which you take all of the races won by a particular sire or dam, average out the distance at which they were won. And that gives you a number. And if the number is higher, then your horse is probably has a better potential or propensity for siring a long-distance runner. For example, a horse like Chappet, his foals have won at an average distance of 7.58 furlongs. So the average race won by a son or daughter of Chappet is about 7.5 furlongs, which is upper echelon for this year's Kentucky Derby sires. And, you know, I do the same thing for dams, looking at the runners that they produce, and I combine them all together and see which ones stack up the best against each other. Um, I don't want to spoil or alert myself too much because I'll be writing a whole feature on this. It'll be coming out sometime next week after the horses draw. Oh, but, you know. okay. Well, you can at least tease it. You can tease it here, Joe, and get everybody to give them a go take. over to DRF and pull down your columns. But go go ahead. I, I, I digress. But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's far from an exact science. It's something that, you know, just because you finish highly on the list doesn't exactly mean that, you know, you're going to win the race. You know, I've had, I think, Charming Kitten was my top one one year, and he went on to be a very good distance horse eventually. You know, class definitely has a, a factor into that, but, you know, it's a useful little tool to see, you know, who's seems to have it in them, who might be one that can get up and just from sheer of, from pure pedigree, get up and get a nice little third or fourth, get on your exact, get on your superfecta tickets and, you know, make you a little money at a price. And, you know, so far... I usually manage to get one or so a year that finishes high on that list and ends up making it onto the board. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to ask you about two sires that are going to have, have I believe, a major impact or get a lot of play in this year's Kentucky Derby. One, mm-hmm. uh, sad to say, this stallion's still not with us, and that is Scat Daddy, the sire of Justify and Mendelssohn. And mm-hmm. uh, Justify is out of a ghost zapper mare, which tells me, you can correct me, that there's definitely a, a di- distance in its pedigree. Now, Mendelssohn's out of a tricky creek mare, but Leslie's later has produced Beholder. So we know that this mare is an unbelievable producer. But So let's go back to Scat Daddy. What does he bring to the Derby, and can he get us a mile and a quarter horse? 
the first thing Scott Daddy brings to the Derby is bodies, because beyond Justify and Mendelssohn, he's also got Flame Away and Combatant, who also recently came off the also-eligible list to make it into the full field. So, you know, he's going to have four runners in the Derby, and you can't help but wonder what his stud fee would be right about now if he were still with us, because he's been on just an epic tear. It's really a shame that we yes. lost him so young. Um, but, you know, looking at his average winning distance figures, he's at 6.88 furlongs, which is kind of middle of the pack. So he, his, aver- his foals won an average distance at between six and seven, six and a half and seven furlongs, which, like I said, not the best. I'm sorry, that's at 6.94. So close to seven furlongs, still middle of the pack. But, you know, again, this is where class comes in. Justify has already blown that, you know, restriction out of the water. Mendelssohn especially, you know, the Dubai or the UAE Derby was, was at a you know, mile and three sixteenths. So I don't think getting that extra furlong is going to be a problem for him. Um, you know, Scat Daddy, I think very much is one that if you put the right mare with him and you get enough class and get the right connections, he can get you the distance. No problem. Okay. Well, I, I said I was going to throw two H. I'm asking you to throw three. And uh, the other, all right, now I'm going to go to Curlin. And I've mm-hmm. got to think that his babies ought to have no problem getting a mile and a quarter. Do I stand corrected or am I on track? Oh, you're, you're, you're very much on the right track here. There's make no bones about it. Curlin is very much a classic sire. I mean, all you have to do is look at the fact that he's already sired a Preakness Stakes winner in Exaggerator, a Belmont Stakes winner in Palace Malice. Every. Every crop that's run in triple crown races, he's had one at least hit the board in a classic race. And that is mighty impressive. Uh, he compares very fair, favorably on the average winning distance scale. He's just, uh, he finishes, uh, let's see, he is fourth on the list and is just a hundredth of a furlong off of the third, ba- third place finish there. So, yeah, Curlin, very much a classic sire. His runner, Solomini, Good Magic, Vino Rosso. From a sire perspective, they got the tools. All right, now to a horse that uh, I believe won the Midsummer Derby, and that would be Medaglia Dioro, uh, Bolt Dioro, uh, and Enticed to come to the front of my mind. There may be another one, but for sure those ones are being talked about a lot in this derby. Mm-hmm. And Medaglia Dioro has success in the past with, you know, he's got his Oaks winners. He does have, you know, he himself was a very good classic distance horse. Uh, he ranks just a hair below Curlin on the average winning distance uh, charts. And the interesting thing is that he was bred to two mares that produced uh, Bolt Doro and Enticed that rank very low themselves on the average winning distance charts in terms of, you know, compared to the other Kentucky Derby brood mares. Uh, Enticed mare, it's tricky, uh, is 15th on the list, and Bolt Doro is uh, tied for 19th. So, you know, both of those, both fairly young mares and the numbers definitely fluctuate as you get more runners and more winners. But it seems to me that the breeders were looking to add some distance to the mares as opposed to the mares adding some distance to the stallions. And, you know, Medaglia Doro's proven it in the past. You gotta, you gotta reckon with them, especially Bolt Doro. I think he's one that people have really been sleeping on. Um, you know, you lose to justify it. You're going to be the bridesmaid there, but still run a one Oh two buyer, whatever he ran. Yeah, 102 Bayern, that's outstanding. That wins just about any other derby prep in the season. And, you know, I think it'll give him a more than fair price. 
All right. Now, a couple of horses that have been kind of writing their own press releases, uh, the, the rather, rather young sires, uh, but I don't know their ability to uh, throw distance horses. Uh, there's two of them. I'll start with uh, my boy, Jack Sire, Creative Cause. Mm-hmm. At least pull up Creative Cause's numbers here. Yeah, Creative Cause, uh, you know, has he's still very much building his own resume here. He had the a uh, good runner. I mean, it was Paddle who ran fourth in the Dubai World Cup, which is you know, nothing to spit at at all. Uh, creative Causes average winning distance is 6.9 furlongs, you know, just a hair under seven furlongs. Mid to low pack in this field, but considering that this is only his second crop of three-year-olds, that number's got a lot of room to fluctuate as his runners start running in more handicapped division races, older division races, get those real two-turn runs under them. So I expect that number to go up a lot. Uh, you know, creative cause himself, classic place. So a lot of room to grow there. All right. Another one that I believe Winstar might be kicking themselves in the butts for letting get away is Take Charge Indy. Yeah, Take Charge Indy has been one of the real pleasant surprises of the Triple Crown season. Uh, you know, Noble Indy has been doing his thing on the Louisiana path, winning the Louisiana Derby. And then on the, on the Oaks side, he's got... Uh, you know, take charge Paula, who's been just gritty as all get out, has hit the board in, I believe, every stakes race she's run in this year, and she'll be pointed toward the Kentucky Oaks. So, you know, a lot of there are a lot of stallions standing in Kentucky right now that would kill to have the opportunity to have a first crop derby and Oaks starter. And uh, this one is, you know, standing in Korea right now, sold after a few crops were born in America and you know, it'll be interesting to see if Windstar is in the talks to uh, bring that one back, perhaps. When uh, they announced that Take Charge Indy had been sold over to Korea, they mentioned that there was a clause in there to potentially bring him back. And, you know, for all we know, Noble Indy could be running for not only his own stallion career, but his sire's. Yeah, and you know, but but I, I have heard that yes, in fact, Joe Neville's uh, there have been talks uh, with with Korea, and they were smart enough to put that clause in there. Um, mm-hmm. It's probably going to cost them a pretty penny. Oh, um, I'm sure. Right, but I got a feeling Windstar's got some loose change hanging around their drawer. That, uh, considering how many horses they've had on the on the Derby Trail, uh, I mean, it's just amazing how this year so many people are. You know, Windstar seems to have a chunk of a little bit of everything, or not everything, but some major horses. Todd Pletcher's got four horses coming in the race, and you know, you just pointed out that uh, Scat Daddy's got four horses in the race. It's, it's kind of interesting, and uh, out of 30,000 foals that this many horses with commonality would end up being part of the conversation right now. Yeah, that's uh, my colleague Nicole Luce and I were joking that we're going to have to get a uh, oxygen tank for Travis Stone after he gets done reading the uh, post parade just for the ownership because there's so many partners in this thing. <laughs> you know, there, there are so few just individual ownerships. You know, Windstar's got a bunch of horses in here. Saul Kuman's got a bunch in, with different partnerships. China Horse Club has their hands all over this thing. Rapoli Stable's got a couple in here that they're partners on. It's just, there's, there are very few, like, it's basically like Bolt de Oro is owned by Ruiz Racing, and that's going to be when uh, Travis can catch a breath and keep going because there's just, there's a lot of them there. Oh yeah, and I can imagine the uh, the winner circle if the uh, China Horse Club partnership uh, ends up winning. Mm-hmm. And hey, they had the Oaks winner last year, and they've been 
building up a fantastic program, partnering with the right people, and it wouldn't shock me at all if China Horse Club ends up in this thing. Well, uh, Joe Neville from the Daily Racing Forum is joining us right now. Uh, he is the Prince of Pedigrees, as we like to call him. And uh, I, I, Joe, now you talk about average winning distance, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, you're, you're factoring in, I assume, the sire and the dam combined? Well, what I do is I uh, total out all the average winning distance figures, and then I rank them from highest to lowest. And I do that for both the sire and the dam, and I combine those two ranks into a score. So say you finish first and second, you say if your sire finishes first and your dam finishes second, you would have a score of three. And then I take those scores and I put those in order and your lowest score wins. So I won't spoil which, I won't spoil which three horses are tied for the top score in my thing, but there are three that have six points. Each of them have a, Sire and Dam ranks between second and fourth. So, uh, yeah, that's basically how I do it. Not terribly scientific, but seems to get the job done. So, President Nixon, no matter how I phrase this question, I'm not going to get the answer out of you. Is that correct? Well, I mean, i got to get the views on my own site, John. That's, I will... <laughs> I've floated you out a few here. I will say that... Do I, do I want to do this? Well, I, why not? Um, there is a son of Curlin in the top three, or in, okay. among among the uh, among the number the three that have tied for number one. Very nice. Uh, yeah, you don't mm-hmm. you don't have to spill the beans, but that still leaves some mystery. <laughs> I, I I like that, Joe. I do like that. It's, it's, uh, a, it's a son. It's a son of Curlin who has uh, run on the Arkansas Derby Trail. Ooh, I think I can, even an idiot like me can start figuring that out. Um, well, um, now, I guess the one horse I didn't talk to you about is a grandson of uh, of uh, AP Indy out of an unbridled song mare, and that's Magna Moon, who's done nothing but win races longer and longer and longer. Do you think that 10 furlongs is within his realm? Well, I mean, Malibu Moon is the sire of Kentucky Derby winner Orbs, so clearly it can be done. It, it was within the realm of possibility because it's already happened. Um, in terms of the average winning distance figures, Malibu Moon's kind of in the middle of the pack. Uh, he's got a AWD of uh, 7.5, or I mean 7.1 furlongs, so that puts him smack dab in the middle. His dam is a little bit lower. Uh, she ranks 16th on the list, so, you know, in terms of the just purely numbers, it, there are others that appear more likely, but the fact that Malibu Moon has done it in the past, which is why you can't always look at the numbers. Sometimes you have to look at class distinctions, and Magna Moon has more than done that, you know, undefeated, you know, tromped on the Arkansas Derby. I'd love to see him run in a straight line. You know, I didn't love his trip in the Arkansas Derby, you know, really coming out at the end there, but, you know, as long as it, it's, like I said, it can be done. Yeah, and, and let's not forget a Pletcher trainee. Uh, he's yep. won at he's won at three different distances at three different tracks. So I mean, he's definitely got versatility, you know, built into his character. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, but again, he's got the dreaded curse of Apollo. And you know, we, we mentioned uh, you know Mendelssohn. Uh, they don't blow the birthday candles out in his cake until May seventeenth. 
So yeah. he's not even going to be a three-year-old running in the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> yeah, you know, Mendelssohn is just, he's the the pedigree bloodstock MVP of this whole thing. You know, he's out of Leslie's lady who is, you know, as we discussed before, the dam of Beholder, the dam of Into Mischief, got another stakes-producing, couple of stakes-producing broodmares out of Leslie's lady herself. And, you know, Mendelssohn sold to the Coolmore Partnership for $3 million at the Keeneland September sale a few years ago. So he is, this is the dream for a horse like Mendelssohn. You want to be in the Kentucky Derby. You want to be, you know, considered one of the favorites. You want to be coming in off an 18 and a half length win in one of the richest Derby prep races. You know, it isn't often that things go exactly to plan with thoroughbreds the way that they do with Mendelssohn. That is true. And Joe Nevels, I'm up against uh, my, my, my out and I don't want to have to cut you off. I want to thank you for being on the show and I look forward to probably seeing you on the backstretch of Churchill Downs next week. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. All right. Joe Nevels from the daily racing forum. I'm John Engelhart. I want to thank Josh by gosh, our producer and remind you when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to winning ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.